everyone. Welcome to the Boss Life Balance Podcast. Bringing health to your hustle. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kelsey. We know you've got a million things on your to-do list today. So let's dive right in. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Kelsey. I'm so excited because we have a really um, awesome interview today with Caitlin Collins, who has been a friend of mine and a colleague in many different forms, like throughout the last like 10 years. Yeah. So how did you guys, you met originally through acting, correct? Back in another life, in another world. (laughs) I'm sure we'll talk all about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I just, I, I mean, she started following me on Instagram and then, so we've just connected there and she's hilarious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've already decided I want to hire her to write a sales page for me, even though I used to be a copywriter because it's just easier this way. And then, and that's like such a testament to having a strong presence on Instagram and really like diving into your unique voice and presenting that to your audience. Because look, like she made a sale and she doesn't even know it yet. Exactly. <laughs> She's going to be pleasantly surprised during this conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay. Caitlin Collins is a conversion copywriter and email strategist who serves online course creators. She's a repeat offender for crafting email, sales pages, and Facebook ads that generate 30K, 50K, 100K per launch. As one of those weird theater kids growing up, she's most inspired to make sure folks know they never have to compromise their true personalities, even in their business. She loves the fact that our online brands can so deeply reflect our real life personalities, missions, and beliefs. And that is why she loves working online. All right, let's get to it. Yeah. I'm so happy that we're talking today. Gosh, it's been so long. It's been forever. Like since we were both in New York City mm-hmm. and that was forever ago. I remember like having dinner with you and you were talking about how you were moving and I kind of couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> how did and you guys meet? We met, I don't even know what year, Caitlin, Mm-mm. but we met doing nope. a show and like at this little theater uh, in Midtown East. And um, we just had a blast. She ended up introducing me to like my 20s significant relationship. Like the first, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and we would just like, we we would, our paths would just kind of cross. Um, So we were friends obviously, but you and I have had very similar journeys away from acting. And into writing, personal development, health and wellness. Um, So yeah, catch me up on where you've been. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So the year that you are talking about was, I think it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Because it was when I first moved to New York. And the other thing that you and I have in common is just like we were always creating So yeah, we, you know, we met because we were creating in the world of theater, but then beyond that, you and I just like kept going and jumping from like entrepreneurial project to entrepreneurial project. And so like, I kind of love that that's like been a through line for both of us, but yeah, in the 10 years that I've been to New York and since I met you, I did the theater thing for a little while. um, And then kind of like switched paths there and um, I was also like working for a gym as like my side gig just kind of doing that thing where I was like that young person who just comes to New York 
and is just like going after the creative thing that they want to do and then side hustling on the side. Um, and, uh, and yeah. And like when I was just like such a multifaceted, like multi-passionate person that it's like the steam kind of just like ran out for theater. And I kind of came to this point where I was like, I'm not like loving this anymore. And one of the things I'm like grateful about is like my entire life, I've always just gone from like the thing I'm most interested in and love and following this passion. And then when it switches tracks, I just go to the next one and to the next one. And so the theater thing kind of switched tracks. I was also, I admit, like a little burnt out, even though the journey was so much fun and I got so much out of it. Like I was just like a little like, all right, am I really into doing these like crappy plays, crappy theater <laughs> things? <laughs> oh, yeah. Been in it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. There's just, I mean, the stories that you and I have, Kelsey and Sarah, do you have a background in theater too? Like, are you relating to this as well? <laughs> I do not have a background in theater at all. I'm a terrible actor. Sarah <laughs> can't even like pretend when we, like if we lose a recording yeah. that we are redoing it. <laughs> yeah, I can't pretend. Like it's hard for me when we do like an intro after the fact where I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to talk to this person. <laughs> like you sound so fake. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, as though we have never spoken before. <laughs> That's such a good quality though. You can't lie. I That's can't. so important. <laughs> true, true. I cannot lie. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. Well, you didn't, you know, miss a whole lot. Well, I, 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 I mean, I kind of, I kind of say that in jest because like it was an amazing time of my life. Like I love it. The most amazing memories, but yeah, like the, you know, the projects, like everyone and their mother is like doing 10 minute plays and um, just doing a parade of those 10 minute plays were just no longer fun for me or doing shows that were just like, oh my gosh, they were, they were just, can I say shit show oh, on this? you can say whatever oh, you want. absolutely. <laughs> shows that were a shit show. Um, that was like the, the thing that kind of just really killed me towards the end. I was also just like hopping in and helping the director and all these extra ways and like things were just like crumbling and so just such shit showy shit show stuff was happening <laughs> and I remember like calling my dad and saying you know what like I think I kind of want to take a break from this but it feels like it's been my whole life identity and they were just like no it's fine whatever feels good go towards it and it was kind of effortless I just kind of took a step back and it faded into the background um and then I was just like off on a million other like creations or a million other entrepreneurial paths, which there are amazing things about it. And there are not amazing things about that. Like, or at least it didn't feel amazing at the time, but I do believe everything is working out for you. So like every step along the way was the right thing. Um, but if you want to just like fast forward, it was just, you know, um, now today I've kind of come across copywriting, conversion copywriting, and I'm, I have my own business as a conversion copywriter. I write for people with online courses and I help them launch their online programs. And I love it because it's like this world of being an online business, your business is really like your platform for your voice and your own creativity. And how do you want to do marketing? How do you want to make decisions in your business? How do you want to act and like call all the shots? I mean, within reason and within best practices, <laughs> but I love that. It's like, it's again, in the same way, like theater was a true expression of something. This is a true expression 
of yourself. And then you can encourage other people to do the same. And I think in the online world, like we all do that for each other in such a cool way. So I love what I'm doing these days and I'm so glad it, I mean, yeah, it took 10 years, <laughs> but I'm so glad like with where, with where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin, did you know, so Sarah's first entrepreneurial, um, what is it called? Like my venture. starter business, your, your starter, <laughs> my business? starter business, <laughs> your venture. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was in the legal field for 10 years and I just was like over it for probably obvious reasons. I don't even have to go into. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I knew I was good at writing and I liked it. And I also was playing around with fitness, like the fitness idea at that time, but my, like for a couple of reasons, like I was going through some health stuff and I knew I wanted to make my own schedule and I knew I needed to kind of be at home more than away. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll do the writing thing for a while. And so I was maybe did that for a year and a half, two years maybe. And then like the fitness stuff came up and I, you know, I started like health wise, I was doing better. And so I, something I had talked about for 10 years was like, all my friends were always like, you should go into fitness, you should go into fitness. And so I finally did. I finally listened to them. And but yeah, I did copywriting for a while. That was my starter business. And cool. it was, um, yeah, it was fun to talk to a bunch of other business owners and learn their personalities. And yeah, it was, it was good. It was a journey for me, just like you said, like it was everything leads to the next thing. So yeah. And that's so funny. You are not the first person to jump ship in legal and come to copywriting. <laughs> so like, what is that through line? Like, is it the like convincing and like tactics yes. and stuff that yeah. we use that like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, and to be honest, like that was kind of hard for me to get out of because legal writing is very different, but yeah, I mean, it's persuasive writing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah. Like trying to find that line of like infusing personality into it then instead of just like manipulative <laughs> because that's what all the legal field is. But um yeah, I I can see why a lot of people because I did a ton of writing for it, but it is very, it's the same in, in the sense that it's persuasive, but different in the tone. Yeah. And it's so interesting, like what our previous experiences can set us up for, like when we take that next step, because like, mm-hmm. in the same way, yeah, ex lawyers are now copywriters. And then I also know a lot of other copywriters who are also in theater and there are so many skills in both of those things that we bring into copywriting. Because like for theater, I mean, one of my favorite things about theater was I was such a nerd. I loved understanding that in every scene, there was like an overarching objective. And then there were these like tactics that would happen and that would break down the scenes into like beats. And it was like that sort of stuff that I loved and like the subtleties of the lines and I would go to the like geekiest, most abstract, weird plays that no normal person would like. And I just loved it because of like the mind games that were involved. And I just realized, you know, now I jump into this world of copywriting and so much of it makes sense. And I didn't realize a lot of it was making sense for me. That wasn't making sense for maybe an online course creator that later became my client because we've actually had this conversation. I would be like, I don't, I don't understand. Like we were all given you know, we're, we're in the same program and um, it was like a mastermind and we were given these swipe files. So swipe files is like, if you're writing a promo sequence of emails, they're, you know, a bunch of emails that have already been written and you can look at them for inspiration. Mm -hmm. And 
her problem and the thing that a lot of people would say is like, well, I don't know how to like relate this to my business at all. And I'm like, what? Of course you do. You just look at it and you just see what they're doing. You pull out the tactics, like you dissect it in that way. And then you just take the tactics and then you write it like according to your business, like as though it was the simplest thing. And I really, really took that skill for granted. I thought everyone was doing that. And I realized that came directly from theater. That's why I can look at like any marketing material and especially writing and just be like, oh, I know what you're doing. And it, I just see a whole bunch of tactics in there. And like, yeah, and I just like didn't realize, but it's it's really like our backgrounds and what we've done, all of our previous experience. Like it could be so off base. It could be random. It could be something that you would never thought would amount to what you're doing now. And that's just what happens. And I think that's just such a cool thing about life. Yeah, there's always like a common thread. Like for me, I've kind of figured out, I like building things like I like building cases it's like a puzzle to me and I felt like copywriting fulfilled that too it's like you have all these little bits and you have to like put them together like a puzzle and kind of the same with um fitness like kind of you build a body in a certain way and it is like balancing things and whatnot so it's funny how people don't see that like unless you're in it and it's it's interesting to look at how everything sets you up like you said yeah for sure I love the whole fitness world too. It's we're a little reversed there too because I even had a stint like within the last ten years of like maybe I'll go into fitness, maybe I'll get certified <laughs> for kettlebells. Like, yeah. so I know what you mean by like there's so many like layers of fitness, and it's like it starts with like the workout, then it gets into the nutrition, then it gets into the really geeky when you eat what for what reason, and then you can even get into. I remember back in my like nutrition fitness days, also just like oh gosh. I, I actually like can't even really remember like the details, but I remember just like, you know, it was like the fitness and nutrition that then led me into like, well, what toxins am I putting on my skin? And then my skin's my biggest organ. So those are going in and like, everything's all working together. And I don't know, I'm talking in a weird circle, but um, it really just like layers and layers. You could get so deep with any topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. With nutrition too. And, and, the idea of, of puzzle, like the fitness and nutrition really do work so closely that it's easy to go down like one rabbit hole and then be like, oh my God, I have no information about this other side of it. Right. And, um, but I like what you guys are saying about puzzles and, and seeing the tactics. And, um, I think it really speaks to the bigger picture of how as an entrepreneur, all the skills that you've gained up until this point inform how you do what you do and how you do it the way you do it. And we're all, and I don't, I mean, please jump in on this, but I'm always hungry to learn more because I know I don't know enough and I'm never going to know enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. You could pay someone (laughs) to know it for you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. But it is, I mean, and I think that that, I don't know, are you guys into the law of attraction and stuff like that at all? Oh, for sure. Okay. I am anyway. Um, Sarah? Sarah's like, "Mm, do I detect a skeptic? It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do tell. Continue. (laughs) Well, so there's like the whole law of attraction and I listen to a lot of Abraham Hicks. Um, and they talk like a lot about how, I mean, just in life, like, you know, 
well, first of all, the purpose of kind of listening to Abraham Hicks for a lot of people or for me on like my journey so far in the past few years is I just wanted to be comforted to know that like I was in the right place and I'm doing the right thing. Um, and sometimes I would listen to Abraham Hicks on that, on those years or like those months where I felt like I didn't have direction in my life in particularly with my career. And so I'd listen to these recordings um, and they would just try to help me like feel content with where I'm at. But they did say, it's like, we're constantly launching, they call them rockets of desire. So it's like, even when we're not satisfied, we're not satisfied. We, we see something out there that would make us feel satisfied and we go after that. And then when we have that thing, another rocket of desire is just launched. And so in the same way, like with anything, with like your, you know, whatever you're doing creatively, it's like you do one thing or you've gone down one entrepreneurial path and you've created this one thing and now you've created it. And now another thing is like launched and you're not like satisfied until you go after that and like create that project. Like I see Mm -hmm. that so much in like the serial entrepreneurs who are out there. And I, I worked for one and she is, man, was she powerful. And she created crazy project after crazy project after crazy project. And some of them are related to each other and some of them weren't. And it's just like, I think that's in a lot of people who are entrepreneurial minded. They like want to create something and then they're excited about something else. Like I'm doing this now. I have a feeling in my forties, I am going to be creating a food truck that like is parked out on the beach and we have like cornhole and all this stuff. And it's a place where we come and we do like outdoor movies at night and all of this stuff. That was, that was one of the things that like, you know, on my windy, windy road to where I am, that was like one of the ideas I had. And I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously not going to follow through with that then. (laughs) But now I'm like, ah, like now I'm getting a feel for what it feels to like follow through and do things and make things happen. And I'm like getting a sense of like how powerful I am and how powerful my creation is. Okay. In the, in my forties, like, I think that could be like a cool thing to do next. Who knows how I'll do it. I haven't gotten that far and it's not, (laughs) not in the immediate future. It's so but, much fun. Like, I think, don't we, a lot of times, I think we leave our jobs working for someone else because it's so fucking boring. Like, you're doing the same <laughs> exact thing over and over and over. And it's just like, you get over it. Like, <laughs> yeah. What And what were you doing, Sarah, before you went on your entrepreneurial path? Well, I was a litigation paralegal. So hmm. um, I would say, yeah, it, um, the one nice thing is like the last firm I worked for, I was not stuck in like working on one type of one type of uh, in one type of law type of law. And um, for a while I was doing like mass tort, which was super boring. And then like insurance defense, even more boring. But the last few years I did a lot of like wrongful conviction stuff, which was very rewarding until it wasn't. It was just very, I always took it home with me. It was very depressing and um, hard to handle. And Yeah, but it was the same type of stuff. Like building a case was interesting to me because it was like looking and it was like a puzzle, like putting it all together and like almost sifting. Everyone hated document review and I loved it because it was like putting together this chronology and finding the little like needles in a haystack and whatnot. But it was just kind of the same pattern day after day after day. It was the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got, it sounds like something I wouldn't have been able to handle for too long either. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ride or die for 10 years. And I'm like, I can't, like, what else? 
I was, I didn't want to be a lawyer because it was just like, they were all miserable. So I kind of had reached my pinnacle anyway, where like pay wise and just what I could tolerate. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to, I had to just quit. It was toxic at the end. Like it was bad for my health. I was literally losing my hair. So mm. um, that was kind of the breaking point for me. And my husband being like, I can't have you coming home crying every night. Like this isn't, you know, healthy. So it was really nice to have his support to quit the job without even knowing what I was going to do next. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always amazed by the people who went like down a path like that for so long and then changed to something that was just so drastically different. Yeah. It's scary. Like the first time you do it, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I remember my like, I guess if you want to call it like leap into doing my own thing was sort of did not go as planned for sure. And it was like kind of just proof that, I mean, I definitely don't recommend to people (laughs) to just like rip off a bandaid and like make a switch and be like, okay, I'm just going to support myself completely now doing this. Totally. I definitely don't. I think it's a great idea to just kind of like layer it in. I mean, there are two types of personalities out there. There are people who who will do better with that fire under their butt and there's something in their gut says go and they go and they do it. But then for like other people, I'm like, ah, it's just not necessary. Might be some like unnecessary pain. Just (laughs) try to like take on like the freelance stuff and do both and, and, you know, just try to get out of your situation as fast as you can. But like no need to add that extra stress of like not knowing where your finances are coming from because that's a very real thing when you, you know, move over to something like we're all doing where it's just kind of like our own stuff. Um, And I don't think... All those years of me wanting to create something like this, that was definitely not in my brain. <laughs> the reality of like, oh my gosh, now I've got to really make sure I'm like providing for myself. And um, it's actually kind of scary. And it's one of those things, like they say that like mothers after they give birth, they have no memory of like the pain or a less dulled memory of like the pain. And that's like a bi- biological thing because if they remembered it, they wouldn't give birth again. Like I feel yeah. like, kind of knowing all the stakes <laughs> of going out and doing something freelance or something entrepreneurial and not biologically, but like there's something up there that's helping us like not realize <laughs> all the stakes. Cause if I knew now what I knew then, like, I mean, I still would have gone for it, but I would have been a little more like timid or there would have just been other things to, to worry about. But at the end of the day, at the same time, whether like you go at it gradually or you just leap or something in between, it's just, a, it's amazing how, I mean, if you just kind of like let it go and I'm very woo woo, I'm very like <laughs> the universe has your back mm-hmm. and holy crap, like the universe has had my back every step of the way through this whole entrepreneurial journey. Like I said, it didn't go as planned. I was kind of like moving away from my full-time job, but I had, you know, told them, you know, can I look like let's have me go remote, which was like an idea that they kind of had in their head as well. But with going remote, like I took a very severe pay cut. And then on top of it, once I, as soon as I realized, oh man, this pay cut's not going to work out in the long term because I've done a little bit of math, (laughs) I was still too scared (laughs) to let go. And so I kind of half quit my job and I went to them and I was like, 
look, I can't do this anymore. But at the same time, I mean, and they were also a startup. I didn't want to leave them high and dry, but I didn't really find that happy medium between not leaving them high and dry and then not letting myself just like go and work for them for a very long period of time, which ended up being six months um, at this like, you know, reduced pay. And so for six, so I had said to them, you know, I, this isn't going to work out. I need to transition out completely. Um, but I'll stay here until you find someone. So, you know, it sounds like I was being so nice and yes, part of me absolutely was. I wanted to make that transition for them as easy as possible because they were doing a lot. They were a tiny, but mighty team doing a lot. But I also like had no boundaries on, okay. And after like three months, (laughs) I've got to end it. Um, and the fear of like, you know, it wasn't a lot that I was getting from them, but it was like that security still, I knew it was coming. So that fear kept me in that weird limbo period for like six months. So then by the time they were like, Oh, we found someone. (laughs) I was like, Oh crap. (laughs) And then splash, I go off into the water of like entrepreneurial world, like knowing I needed to make this happen completely. And just like funds weren't exactly what I, you know, would have planned if it was like a perfect world. Not that I'm much of a planner, but um, if it was a perfect world, like, you know, that didn't look perfect whatsoever, but it works. Like when something needs to work and your intention is fully set on making something work. And then for me having that fire under my butt and then just the universe conspiring for me, um, it's, it was just nothing but like consistent, work once I, once I did go. So I I do think like things work out for you. And I mean, that's why it's like with your, your podcast of like not needing to hustle. It's like, sometimes we hustle because we don't think things are going to work out, but they do. Mm -hmm. They always do. If you put in the work, they do. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not one of those people. And actually, I think that's kind of a misconception. I know it's like woo-woo people like me are like, oh, it's, it works for you. But it's like, absolutely, you've got to be taking like that action mm-hmm. and you're tangling together with these like forces, if you want to believe in these forces <laughs> that are working for you. But yeah, you absolutely have to take action and just be like, all right, I'm just, I'm just going to do it even if this feels a little scary. You get rewarded for the action. <laughs> I was having a conversation with my um, my boyfriend, I don't know, maybe six or eight months ago because I left my like full-time day job last summer in order to focus more on building my business. And that transition was a little difficult because I went back into the service industry as my, you know, consistent income and finding the right match and this, that, or the other thing. And me being me thought that it would be like, oh, two weeks after I leave my job, I will be completely um, established in my new (laughs) habits (laughs) and in my consistency and working around, like whatever, da-da-da-da-da. And really it took like, I mean, we moved also like two months later. So between that, the, leaving the job and moving and doing this, all of that, it really wasn't until um, probably six months in that I had the bandwidth to do what I wanted to be doing. And I remember sitting and having a conversation with him being like, my business isn't going as well as I want. I'm not hitting the goals. And he's like, well, maybe that just means you need to put more time into it. And that was a huge... <laughs> wake up call for me and he oh, I know Kelsey's boyfriend yeah, he's, so good. he's like the best because um, he'll tell me those hard truths and and he was right you know I really like 
took that in and, and although I wanted to get defensive and say, well, I'm doing a lot more, you know, you think I'm just scrolling through Facebook, but I'm actually getting paid <laughs> for, <laughs> for that time, you know, but I did take that to heart and it really kind of showed me that because he was talking about, he's a musician, full-time musician. And so he's telling me, you know, this person, they're not that great of a singer, but they said they were going to make this happen and they put the time in to make it happen. And now look at them. They're famous. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now, actually, like surprisingly, it it's like I was getting into consistent action and I was like getting in my own way a little bit over the, the more recent few months because I would take consistent action, but I didn't feel like I was able to do enough given my day job schedule. And now we're stuck at home and I'm like being given this gift of six to probably it'll end up being eight to 10 weeks of a hundred percent focus on what's in front of me. <laughs> and yeah. so on one hand, everybody's like freaking out over COVID and on the other, and I am here and there too, but the other hand, I'm like, Oh, I have this gift of time that I've always wanted in order to invest. Mm-hmm. And like, if I put the work in now, I know it's going to show back up later. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. For sure. And it's a weird dance between those things. It's like, when do I have to kind of like encourage myself to do more or just get real with myself about certain things? And then where do I have to be easy on myself? Because I've kind of like you know, maybe in the past, I'm always hard on myself. And Kelsey, I feel like you're someone who's always hard on herself too. But it is such a, it is such a dance. Like there's some sweet spot in there. And I, I really can't tell you exactly where it is, where sometimes you do have to like let the, the let go of the brakes a little bit and just like let go and like, tr- I, I don't know. And then suddenly you're hit with the inspiration, the energy to move forward and you create something in a better time than you would have created it if you had forced it like three days prior But then sometimes like there is something to be said about it's like I get like a little niggle in my stomach that's just like "Er," like (laughs) you you don't feel confident because you need to learn more about this topic and get real with that and then go learn it or "Er," like you don't feel good about like your work day because you didn't you know check off at least these like three important things today so like just check them off like, <laughs> and you'll, you'll suddenly feel better. Like action is often the um, remedy for anxiety. That is <laughs> very so true. Especially the things that are like under 10 minutes, like get that shit off your to-do list. <laughs> like just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that whole idea of like, you know, time expands to like the amount that you have. Um, there's the law. If I, if I could Google, if I had a memory, (laughs) I could, or I could just like Google it really quickly. But, um, yeah, like that, that whole thing is, is so true. And it's, um, you know, that whole, like the Pomodoros have been so amazing for me. It's like, you set a timer, Pomodoro. I don't know. Have you heard of these? (laughs) I mean, they've been around for a very long time, but not everyone has used them. Have you ever used a Pomodoro, you guys? I've not used one, but I'm vaguely familiar with it. Okay. It's like, it's literally, it's like such a simple concept and it's like, oh my gosh, it changes like my whole day. You just like put a timer on for 25 minutes, not 30 because that feels too aggressive and overwhelming, not less because you can't get into a flow state of work, but just 25 minutes and you're just like, okay, I'm just going to work for these 25 minutes. And when the timer goes off, I get five minutes of like freedom to like walk around, eat a cookie, do whatever. I will be eating cookies. And like, (laughs) it's, 
it's amazing like how it's just like, oh, like it's in not even like productivity aside, <laughs> it's just amazing to be like, oh, to write that newsletter or something, all I re- really needed to do was like, you know, spend like you hit that 15 minute mark, 20 minute mark and you're like, okay, here I go. I'm like warmed up. I'm in there and now I can complete this. Like starting is always the hardest part. I know everyone says that and it's just so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so funny. I never knew the name of that, but one of the things that I work with my like coaching clients on when we we are talking about time management is I tell them to set a timer for 45 minutes and a timer for 50 minutes. And then like the phone goes away and you just tell your brain, I'm going to laser focus for this, for this 50 minutes. Um, I don't know, for me, 20, 20 minutes, like I usually tend to slack off because <laughs> I'm like, as soon as I get into it, I'm going to get out of it. <laughs> so um, 45 minutes <laughs> is your um, five minute warning. And then when, so you have like, you know, you've got five minutes to wrap up whatever you're working on. And then at 50 minutes, you get 10 minutes to go do whatever you want, scroll through Facebook, eat a cookie, um, pet your dog, play with the cat, whatever it is. So I just, I never knew there was a name for that. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, it's good. And I'm glad you've used that concept too. Cause it really is just, just take the emotion out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Follow this timer, do what I say. It's like, Oh, I feel better now. <laughs> well, I think, um, like it gives our brain the experience of not being scared. Right. Cause if you're like, Oh, I'm just going to go into my work day and here's my like general list of tasks. Hopefully if I was good about it, I wrote it down. If not, it's somewhere in my brain and, um, <laughs> and there's just no end. And then I don't know about you guys, but like my brain gets scared by that. It's like, I don't, and, it, and that turns into resistance, which turns into me like on Facebook or Instagram and wasting time. So if I'm like, okay, I know I just have to concentrate for 45 to 50 minutes and then I get, you know, 10 minutes to do whatever, it's something I can kind of grab onto and my brain goes, oh, okay, we can do that. We're not asking for the whole day. We're just asking for 45 minutes. Yeah. Having like not having that end on like, so say for example, it's like I've written my quote unquote like to-do list, like all the things that really would be cool if I got to today on one piece of paper, you just know that you're going to fail and it just oh, like yeah. sucks to like be setting yourself up for failure each day. And it is, it puts you in that analysis paralysis where you're just like, I don't even know like where to start. And this is just like kind of too much. And yeah, I might scroll on Instagram as well. <laughs> and even like another little like hack I found recently was like, okay, how about Caitlin? We don't, write all this stuff under today's to do. And I will purposely just like whatever I can put on into tomorrow and then the following day. And I just start scheduling that out rather than previously, I would try to do as many of the things on today's to do. And then what I failed at, I would then be like, oh, now I'm like pushing this over into the next day. And then, oh, I'm pushing this over into the next day where in the first place I could have just scheduled it for Friday. And then I'd be like, hunky dory. I'm so happy. Like, look at me checking off my goals. (laughs) So productive. (laughs) And I'm doing everything exactly as planned. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I wrote a to-do list for like, it was like Monday or Tuesday. And I knew as I was writing it, I'm like, there is no way in hell I'm going to get all of this done. If I get all this done this week, I'm going to be happy. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. I do it all the time. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm like a, I'm like a freak. Like I, I, it's just like the, the fact that it hasn't dawned on me. I mean, it's slowly starting to try to dawn on me, but especially in the last few years, like I still will believe that I can do X, Y, Z, A, B, D, and J today. (laughs) And I can't. And I can't freaking just learn my lesson. Like, I don't know what, like, something in my brain just, like, thinks it's doable and it's just not. And someone I work with, um, so outside of my copywriting business, I do have um, some side work with an awesome Facebook ads agency, Facebook and Instagram ads, they're called Elevate Her Marketing, and um, it's all women, and all of our clients that we serve are women, and the founder of that um, company is just amazing at, at, like, productivity, at, like, outsourcing, like, within the team, at systems, like, all of that stuff, and she really prioritizes it because the whole point of, like, creating businesses like this was so that we could all have, like, a little bit of freedom, flexibility, some work-life balance, so it's such a priority for her and she's just so – I mean, she's, she would probably say she's not so good at it. Um, but I'm like looking at her. I'm like, you're so good at this, at like just kind of figuring out life in this way. And um, it blew my mind. Like one day she was like, I just try to pick two major tasks that I need to get done today as my must-dos. And I'm just like, that's amazing. Like that that is great. And it really is. It's so much more productive. And um, even more importantly – you're not failing, quote unquote, failing every day. Like I will say like in one of my old full-time jobs and it was wild, I learned so much. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But one of the reasons I wanted to leave and this was the one, you know, right before I went um, starting like remote and doing my own thing full-time is there was just so much work to be done that I got used to every single day for like, over two years, I got used to failing or like feeling like I failed. I kind of knew I didn't really fail. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying so hard. I'm doing my best. But it was like an impossible to-do list day after day after day. And I realized not only did it affect the way I worked later in life, I think it's still part of the reason I think that I can do ABC, XYG, all those things, (laughs) because I'm just like not recovered from like that. Like I really was unable to like create a sense of what can be done in a day at all because sometimes we did we defied time sometimes with the amount of stuff our team got done one time it was like throw together an event not throw together but you know organize this event with nike in like three or four days getting like celebrity talent yep done check those kids the i call them kids but my co-workers like you know all in their 20s 30s just crazy amazing and it was it was it was feats of strength every day working for this like tiny but mighty startup but, um, but yeah, for me, like, you know, in the future, I was like, okay, I really, really have trouble, like, understanding what should be done in a day and what can be done in a day. And I don't think it's unique to my situation because I had that experience. I don't think that that's it at all. I think a lot of us feel that way. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know what it is about our brains or we kind of, like, want to lie to ourselves about that. And why do we want to lie about ourselves, lie to ourselves about that? Why? Why, why? Yeah, it is, like, a corporate thing, though. I think a lot of people can relate to that, where there are just unreasonable expectations that maybe other people have on you and then you have them on yourself and it just trickles down. So I think it is really just ingrained in us. And I think it's also, especially in women, <laughs> to be honest, well, yeah. I think it's it's part of our um, 
societal psyche of working hard instead of working smart. And a lot of the times those two things are are married, especially in like the startup world, especially in corporate, but like people want to create situations that are impossible in, well, management, let's say, in order to look at like, in order for us as like the people trying to impress to actually like impress. And then we bond over like the stress of getting there. Right. Mm-hmm. It creates that com- yeah. competition culture, which is what we are as an American like society, which is based in capitalism, essentially. You know, like I can do it better than you, so I'm gonna fight my way there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. it really doesn't promote health and wellness. It it certainly does promote Caitlin, like you were saying, like that just feeling of like I'm failing every day. And I think partially because that's how our society is and also partially just like the conditioning of different jobs that we've had along the way with other people. We're just conditioned to set ourselves up to fail. And also too, from an internal process, like our brain doesn't understand um, step by steps, right? Like we have an, I, I talk about this with my clients all the time. Like we have an idea for a screenplay and we're already envisioning ourselves on the red carpet, like on our way to the Oscars. <laughs> But there are so many little steps in between I have this idea and getting the Oscar, but our brain doesn't compute that. Our brain goes from start to the finish line, and we have to learn how to, for ourselves, pare it down into the next smallest step. And then from there, okay, what can I handle on a day-to-day basis? what is the next smallest step? Like you, like you were saying as well, like your boss, like these two things get done and like, that's, that's great. That's a success, but we have to retrain ourselves to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the exact reason why I eat raw cookie dough. I do not want to take the steps of preheating the oven and waiting. It's, it really is like we really we you know I want to reframe it and be like we're all just so excited <laughs> and that's okay but it is so interesting like just like our our concepts of time and this was actually a conversation that um, so one of my mentors in like the copywriting world is Tarzan K I'm in her mastermind right now and I love the stuff that she has to offer when I'm listening to podcasts that she's on she and she talked about how you know, with like marketing these days, especially like in the online course world, we're constantly promising people, you are going to get this big result in this small amount of time. And the idea like is supposed to be that you don't make over promises um, or anything like that. Or like, if you do say like, you do promise transformations, but you have to, you know, say, well, it's going to also take this and this mindset mindset shift and like this sort of preparedness and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you do see a lot of marketing out there. That's just like expect, we we set these expectations that things are going to happen fast when really, and this is what Tarzan said, our message should instead be like, you know what, it's going to be hard and it's going to take some time, but I'm going to be here like holding your hand with you every step of the way. And 
Yeah, just something like that. I think that's pretty much where she, I think that's where the sentence ended. And I'm just like, yeah, like, and that is still an amazing promise because <laughs> things, I mean, yeah, I mean, some things really can happen fast, but overall things like things just take time and that has got to be okay with like anything like me getting to a job where I was like truly happy and felt like, oh my gosh, this is like really what I want to do. I would say it took my entire 10 years in New York city. And for many people, it takes even longer. And it's not even, I'm not even at some end point. Like, I don't even know why I still like frame it like that because it's still like, there's still so much further to go from here. And I know this is like cliche. People talk about it, but it really is like the journey. And, and not, there's food trucks in your future, you know, dude. <laughs> How exciting is that? <laughs> on a beach, on a beach. Um, yes. Yeah. I love that. And I think, and that's part of what we're trying to do with this podcast is like strip away that, that picture perfect image of, I did my first launch and made a million dollars that you see (laughs) from people. It's like, okay, maybe your first group program launch, which was after 10 years of building a list and of following and trust in your, like from your tribe. Right. So it's like, we, we, we have to parse out those marketing messages and look at like, what is the real journey here? And I think be more open and honest about the way to the top. Yeah. Yeah. And I caught myself in something like that recently. It's like since going completely remote, like doing my own thing with the remote job with the Facebook ads agency on the side, I've been doing that, you know, for like a year and I've really been racing through every step. And part of it is because I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> so I want to give myself grace there where it's like, you know what? Like, Caitlin, you're like running. You are running. You don't even go out with your friends. You like avoid plans on the weekends in case you need it for overflow of work. But you know what? Like, and yes, I've got to slow that down for sure. And I make sure that I do. Um, but though I have to be, you know, easy on myself sometimes because sometimes that's like just the phase that I'm in and maybe I'll work a little bit more than other times. But then other times I'm like, but this also isn't the goal. Like I came here to, you know, just be more balanced and have more aspects in my life, maybe a hobby, (laughs) like outside of work. And I'm not doing that. And, you know, with Kelsey and Sarah, are we talking about like COVID and stuff? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, you know, with what's been happening in the world recently and us all in this like shelter in place in the three weeks, you know, that it's been going on here in New York City, especially like it threw me off my game so badly. Totally. And it was exactly what I needed. But I was just so unfocused. Um, You know, I wasn't in my co-working space. I just like lost my juju. I felt really weird about still marketing like usual. And I know nothing was marketing as usual. It was like, you know, we continued on in the online world. We continued business almost as usual, like definitely talking about what was happening, but I kind of just wanted to go underneath a turtle shell. And, you know, I had to process, I had just had, I just had stuff and I was severely slowed down for those three weeks. And it was funny because it also happened to be the time where 
a bunch of my client contracts were ending. And I didn't really have another one until like mid-April. And old me would have taken that time to like, okay, now I can work on like my digital product or my blah or more content or like all this stuff. And I just didn't have it in me. And though I was frustrated sometimes, I'm also very good at self-soothing and telling myself, girls, it is okay. You've done, like, sometimes you're like, you know, you've done like so much work in the past that like, this has got to be okay. And it will pass. And I'm not going to add additional resistance by beating myself up over this. So there's a time and place for like that sort of talk. And the last three weeks, that was the sort of talk that I needed. So I did that. And coming out through like the other end, I'm like, ah, okay. Like this situation of having me off my game for a couple weeks showed me, oh, it's really possible to also go at my business slower because I've been forced to be slower. I even had like a few weeks where my hours weren't up to what they normally are. And at the end of the day, I'm totally fine. And actually how funny this looks more like the life that I was going for in the beginning. Mm. So like this to me was sort of like a mirror showing me, Oh, remember the thing you originally wanted to create out of this? Like, don't wait until you get to point X that you deem is okay for you to like, slow down and enjoy this benefit too. enjoy the benefits the entire time. And I'm not going to be perfect about that for sure. I love my work. I get excited. It feels creative. It's like what I want to do for a lot of like my time. But I love that I've like kind of been shown that it's an option and it's an option now. And people would try to say that to me, but I I will never believe them because we're all so stuck. <laughs> we're not going to believe it until like it's like hit in our face or we experience it ourselves. Um, and I just think like, that's a, that's a cool way to kind of like look at your life here when you're, you know, doing the sort of business that we're all doing. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Well, this has been amazing. (laughs) I like don't want it to be over, but I feel like that was such a beautiful like button. Ooh, to throw a musical theater term into the... I know, Sarah, you have totally done musical theater. Don't lie. Don't lie. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Kelsey, I miss miss you. you. Oh, this is such a great way to reconnect and to um, restart our conversation. And um, I just like love everything that you've been up to. I've been following you on the periphery and on the Instagram and all of that. So um, I haven't been completely checked out at all, but this has been a great way to like dive right back in. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I also have been slightly stalkerish with you too on the Instagram and I'm (laughs) on your email list right now. And yeah, I love it. I just love that. Like my fellow won't stop creating sister is like still out there doing her thing. You too, dude. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't end this interview with a shout out to Pat Reedy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. I remember that night in the Boston bar. It was like a Boston yeah. themed bar in New York city. Oh, yeah. And like Pat was someone I knew from like my past, like college slash theater life. And, I introduced, you know, I brought him and my other friend, my yeah. roommate. And I was like, I got two cute guys for you, Kels. <laughs> I picked one. 
<laughs> you definitely picked one and you stuck with him for a while. And I was like, you have out relationshiped me with Pat. Like Pat was my friend for like a few years and you just like lapped me 27 times <laughs> being like, you know what? I'm just going to be your girlfriend. I'm going to move in with you and like all this stuff. Oh, you guys had a great my favorite, favorite apartment in New York on the lower, which the one on the lower, lower East, East side last up on the F train <laughs> before you hit Brooklyn on the perimeter of Chinatown. Oh yeah. I remember that apartment. bar. Yep. That's such the a number cool one bar. You were bar very in in- <laughs> Yes. And you were very into like the nutrition and stuff at at that yeah, point. That was when I was becoming a nutritionist full time. So yep. several lifetimes ago. I know. <laughs> Memory. Long live Long Pat Reedy. Reedy. <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> I'm going to stop the recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that was so awesome. I love being able to reconnect with her and catch up on like how she's just gone from, you know, fall through this process of following charm, following her heart and following um, that just like need to create and stepping into the fun of what that can be. Yeah. And realizing when it's just ready to stop doing something and switch gears and it takes a lot of balls, you know, because especially if you're for the people in your life who are not business owners, like they don't get it. And even some business owners don't get it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah, it's ballsy. It's great. It takes a lot of courage. And it shows that, you know, you're super in touch with, um, the, the things that bring you joy, the things that, you know, you, you really excel at and find the fun in and find in your zone of genius. Um, which I think more and more we're learning is like super important as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And just, again, how we were talking about how everything's just interconnected, like how everything kind of relates to each other. Everything you do leads up to the next thing. And there's usually one little common thread that runs throughout everything. Like how I was saying, just, I like building things. It used to be like puzzling together a sales page and now it's puzzling together someone's, you know, best body that can see what they want it to do. So it's, you know, it all relates. And I love that she kept calling herself like a hippie and all of that, because like, that's not my perception of her at all. (laughs) (laughs) Some people surprise you, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And just that, like, I love just stepping into that, um, you know, knowledge that like, hey, I've proven to myself time and time again, that like, whatever you want to call it, like you're supported when you're, when you're following the fun, following the charm and, uh, really working to up-level yourself and how you show up for clients and business. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Yeah. I'm feeling inspired. I know me too. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, another great episode for the books. You can find everything Caitlin in the, in the, in the post, in the show notes, in the Instagram description because uh, she's excellent. She, yeah. I love seeing her online and her posts and everything. Follow her on Instagram for sure. Yeah, it's great. Cool. All right. Take care, guys. Yeah. Bye.
That was not super awkward, actually. Yeah. We're getting better at this. <laughs> we are. We're pros. <laughs> this podcast is produced by Sarah Laspis of Muscles and Moxie and Kelsey Mathis of Cam Meditation and Be Done Social. Music by Justin Radke of Justin Radke Music. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Oh, and hit us up on the Insta at The Boss Life Balance. Thanks, and we'll catch you soon.